a firm believer in the good in people and maybe sometimes in some situations I'm a bit naive as well. So I, I'm not paying attention to situations that could potentially be dangerous. Hello everyone. Welcome to Scoopy Gang episode. Here with us, uh, Kim. And I'm TJ. Of course, every day we have Mr. Lee. Yes, I'm here and I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> What's up, people? How are you? Okay, let's kick it off. Hello, Kim, and welcome to Scoopy Gang Podcast. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be on the podcast with these two <laughs> great guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm Kim uh, from Germany, solo traveling in Bali um, for about two months now. And actually, it's quite sad. This is the last day. So yeah. that's it. For so, now. For now. <laughs> yeah, It'll I'm sure. Back. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the Bali effect on people. You always want to come back. Mm, it's addictive, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when did you first begin uh, traveling? Uh, yeah, so actually I came to Bali for the first time in April mm-hmm. for a big occasion. Uh, so I turned 30. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, yeah. That was something I like to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TJ's just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're soon going to join the club. No, it's okay. It's, uh, it's way better than I thought. But yeah, I thought it was a big deal. So my dream was always to uh, sit on a white sand beach in Bali for that occasion. And then the whole Corona shizzle happened and I thought, oh my God, it's not happening. But then it turned out it was possible. So yeah, I found myself here in Bali. I fall in love with it, absolutely. So after returning back uh, to Portugal, where I live at the moment, Mm -hmm. I decided I'm coming back. So yeah, I'm solo traveling, but also working remotely. So um, workation, how they call it. (laughs) Staycation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Staycation. Everybody is asked like, uh, how long are you going to be here? I don't know. I'm on a staycation. Exactly. And that was my reply for the first whole month because I kind of was open to the to the idea of staying longer but no it is what it is so for now it's it's gonna be the last day i actually thought you're gonna stay longer yeah. than two months me too <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about going back home do you feel like anxious or are you kind of looking forward to getting back to say more of a routine as opposed to it definitely has both parts so I'm sad and there is a lot I feel like I'm leaving behind and it's a lot that I learned and a lot of things that I picked up and I hope to integrate into my uh, normal routine. But yeah, I'm looking forward to having a bit of a routine, knowing a bit what every day is going to be like, even though that's a part that I loved during the last two months. You never knew what to expect next. But it's also nice um, to to have that and a bit more... Yeah, of a daily structure, I would say. How do you feel about solo traveling as a lady? You know, I absolutely love it, to be honest. So um, my very first solo travel trip was to South Africa. And I was a bit, ah, that's, that could be an interesting one. But that experience was great. And so then the second one is Bali now. And I absolutely love it. I love the freedom that you have. And um, you don't have to check with other people when you're going to eat, where you're going to go. It's I love the freedom part of it. I love that. And I think one fear that a lot of solo travelers have is being alone and 
not meeting other people and yeah. that's totally not gonna happen so i think even more when you travel solo it's so easy to connect to people so easy to meet the most random guys in the world <laughs> and group of people and also you um hang out with people that you wouldn't in your normal day-to-day -day life so i absolutely love the experience so do you think it's easier for uh, ladies or is it it's easier for everybody to uh, meet people that's a good one um well i wouldn't know the other <laughs> i feel like it's easier for ladies to uh, meet new people yeah maybe maybe it is but i think it just depends whether you're an open person or not yeah yeah whether you also like going out of your comfort zone because yeah. for me for example at the beginning of solo traveling i thought the most awful thing is going and sit in a restaurant alone oh yeah but it's totally not because you you realize there are first of all around here a lot of people doing that and then you just start chatting about random stuff with uh, the person sitting next to you also being by themselves and you hear the most amazing life stories so no yeah, I feel it's definitely interesting and it's really great for the listeners, you know, that they get the female perspective, because I'm sure we have female listeners out there um, mm -hmm. that maybe are thinking of traveling solo. So maybe it gives them the vote of confidence to know that it is okay to travel on their own and you are going to meet people. I mean, I've solo traveled, you've solo traveled also, TJ. And at the beginning, it is difficult because you're like, oh, if I don't meet somebody, I'm going to be sitting in a restaurant. Everybody's looking at me like, who's that loser by himself? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you just... When you're on your own, you have to talk to people. I mean, you got a choice. You stay on your own like a hermit for your whole trip or you put yourself out there. And I think with that, for me, definitely uh, it's really helped grow confidence and maybe your openness to, to other people and their experiences and you take stuff from that. So I, for me, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's uh, because I'm also I'm German and having all of these cultural cultural influences. I think um, I try to be a very open person and and chat to people, but it's not necessarily coming crazy easy to me. So I think that's a recommendation for every solo traveler: just do it, just literally do it in in every every situation you find yourself. So is there any advice that you can give to a female solo traveler? Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it gets in your way. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Go with the flow. Don't plan too much. Okay. Don't plan too much. Just uh, see wh what areas you like, what people you like. Go with the flow. Um, talk to people. Ask what they have been doing. Ask what they loved about the experiences. And talk to locals. Oh my God, that's the biggest one. Uh, don't be shy around them. They are so lovely. And I think Indonesian people, It's oh. I've never met um, people that are more friendly, more open. Yeah. It's like, uh, just be interesting. Be a show interest in other people, right? Yeah. 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 Be curious. Yeah. Because they're always going to show an interest in your life. They want yeah. to know where you've came yeah. from. Why have you stayed in their guest house? Or why have you came to their restaurant? And when you tell them, oh, I spoke to somebody and they're like, oh, I remember him. So it's, yeah, it's, they're really genuine people. And I suppose they all believe in karma. So yeah, people, people help. in Bali really believe in karma and people are like, I think locals are more interesting to know than a foreigner. I, for me, you like to know when you come out of the comfort zone and you're like, ah, oh, I need to know what these person, these people are thinking, what these people like try to live their life by, you know, it's so interesting. So, I mean, I would say like, keep, keep curious and always try to know. And yeah. you you would meet like really genuine people, I think. Just throw yourself in at the deep end. Yeah. Like it's it's the most interesting part. You find out things that you never you never thought. How do you feel as a solo uh, female traveler? Do you feel like relaxed? Like was there ever a time 
I would imagine for female solo travelers, a lot of things that would be on the mind would be like, is it safe to travel alone as a female traveler? Are you going to get a lot of creeps? Are you going to get a lot of people like just approaching you because you are on, on your own as a solo traveler? Yeah. So I think that is, yeah, that's always a concern. And then imagine I'm quite tall. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> blonde hair. Blonde hair. I'm very white. I have tattoos. So it's just visually, I'm also, yeah, I kind of stick out around here. So that's just, I think, one thing people are going to look at you. But I think here it's in a really nice way. So they are not creeps at all. I had one situation. Um, I was, that was my, in the very first week. So I stayed in Ubud. I haven't figured out my SIM card. So I didn't have data or nothing. I was uh, out in, in Ubud having um, dinner, came back to my guest house and the front door was like the, the gate, the fence to the property was locked. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> um, no key, no nothing. And I actually stayed a bit outside of the, the main city center because um, I like it yeah, quiet and I need a, a quiet workspace. And then I was like, oh, that's good. And then I started like, you know, shaking the fence a bit and then dogs started barking here <laughs> and yeah so i was like oh what are you gonna do no no internet connection to to try to connect with the uh with the owner of the guest house and then i saw in like 100 meter down the street a bunch of guys sitting there uh chatting and uh yeah i i guess drinking bintang <laughs> Um, so I walked up and I was like, sorry, excuse me, do you speak English? And they did. And then, but they already saw me, right? Shaking the gate. So yeah. they were, they were already, uh, probably talking about the interesting tourist, whatever she's trying to do there. And no, they were, that was of course a situation where you feel like, oh, okay, is this going to be fine in the middle of the night? No one else in the street, but they are literally so nice. Yeah. They came, they helped me. They knew how to open it and, uh, we're laughing a lot. So what? I thought it initially could be a strange situation turned out to be a very, very good experience. So, um, I think it is a concern, but to be honest, when you travel around Indonesia, Bali, I think it's, you always have to be a bit careful and, and watch out to, to, to be safe. But here it's really not a concern. Because, um, we went to Tanalot temple. We're on the line to, um, get a holy water. There is two Ireland girls. Wow. talking to each other yeah one and Irish. one was actually scaring the other one saying you need to be close your doors all the time you need to you know, worry about what to drink and i i listened to that that's why i want to know like like is it is it really true that happens or it's just like not true i think it depends also a bit what kind of person you are i'm a firm believer in the good in people and maybe sometimes in some situations i'm a bit naive as well so i i'm not paying attention to situations that could potentially be dangerous but no from my i'm here now for two months there was not a other than that there was really no situation where i felt scared or i had to watch my every single step no so i th i think it's this like asia in general i think if if female um travelers want to go on their first solo trip i i highly recommend asia because i think it's incredibly safe people are super open to help you and um, no, I, mean, I think it's fine. Here and there, you meet some weird guy for sure. 
for sure. Yeah, but I I would say like be safe. And you just, should lock your doors. That's yeah. just normal, right? I mean, you guys, you should also lock yeah, your door. Yeah, I, mean. lock my door. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody's going to come in and try and make boom, boom with yeah. us. Like, it's common sense. I mean, back in Germany, you lock your door. Back yeah. in Ireland, you lock your door. America, you lock your door. You're going to meet good and bad no matter where you go in the world. I mean, last night you were telling me a story about you jumped a fence to the uh, house, right? If you do that in the US, you're dead for sure. Especially with your phone. Yeah. Texas, huh? Yeah, te- you're dead for sure. But he, did you, like, get into any trouble? No, I think we were also lucky no one uh, caught us. And this was not uh, necessarily intentional. We misjudged the, the way back home and accidentally, yeah, jumped over a wall by the sea and ended up in someone's private properties. Uh, but, yeah, no, nothing happened. Apart from what you what you will always find in uh, around uh, Bali, is uh, the the barking street dogs so they are always <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching uh, out even like when you're driving be careful to look yeah. out for the dogs all the time is mainly look out for the dogs because you don't know which way the dog gonna go it's gonna go under your tire or it's gonna go the other side <laughs> if you hit a dog on a scooter yeah. and you're doing 80k yeah, yeah. the dog uh, on you and the, the first thing in the road that i look out for is dogs like if i see a dog i am the slowest driver there is but uh, other than that, there is a lot of misconception about if you go Asia, you get robbed, um, like uh, ladies get all the cat calling or like, you know, all those things. But I think it's not true. I think it happens everywhere. So even in US, I mean, in California, it happens a lot. It happens everywhere, I feel. Yeah, I think what I heard, like I hear stories of people like girls going home uh, on either their scooter or Gojek at night and then someone driving super close and cutting off their um, their handbags or necklaces, jewelry. So I guess just be a bit careful with your belongings. Maybe don't wear your most expensive yeah, handbags, jewelry, sunglasses, if you know that you're going out at night. So yeah, it's like you guys said, a bit of common sense yeah. of your surroundings. I like that word, actually. Common sense. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. something you can find everywhere, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the first thing I said, like in the dating part, what I look for in a girl is common sense. Oh, wow. Yeah, because you need to have common sense. Things happen for you. The reason is you don't have, like, you don't look out for yourself sometimes. I don't know. I'm just being rude now. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's That, that makes perfect sense. And for example, so uh, I was not only in Bali, so I was in Lombok as well. And there, like, the religion is, predominant religion is Muslim you should be aware of that as well. And we arrived there. It's still very hot. I wasn't really thinking, so we wanted to just go out uh, and get food. So I would just put on shorts and uh, and a small top. We went out and then I realized in the street, oh, okay, this is very different to Bali, right? So you see um, a lot of women wearing a headscarf and everything. So they are more covered than than around Bali. And I thought like, oh, you definitely did not make a good choice of clothing here. So I was not using my common sense, but it was fine. Like it was still not awkward. Like they, they look at you and maybe a bit more, but they, st- they are still smiling and the women as well. So it's not even that, you know, was not a bad experience. We were sitting by the river eating the most, most local food. No one would speak English. Everyone was laughing. Kids were laughing. So yeah, everyone was staring at us, but not, not in an uncomfortable way. It was just, we were the, the odd ones out. So, uh, so how do you find the the food in Indonesia? You said about like eating at the the roadside. I love it. Yeah. In generally, I'm 
I'm a big food lover. So my, my zodiac sign is Taurus. <laughs> so that's as I know. I'm a Pisces. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you like water. <laughs> what are you? Uh, I'm Libra. Oh. Um, so I yeah, you should. No, you should have a lot of balance in your life, huh? Libra is the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a balance thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Ah, yeah. So your birthday is coming up soon. Yes, 29th. Oh. Join in the 30th. Yeah, you're gonna be there. Oh my god, Kim gonna be there. No, Kim not gonna be there. Kim's for gonna party. be there. In <laughs> <laughs> maybe on Zoom. <laughs> maybe she won't even reply. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> soon as she leaves, soon as she hits that. Yeah, who are you? Unfollow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so to that note, so naturally I, I I really love food and I absolutely love Indonesian food. I'm a big fan of gado gado. I think that's, that's top notch for me. What's that? Gado gado? You haven't had gado gado? I don't know, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Is it I like, can't believe that. It's... And you've been here four months and you haven't had gado gado. Uh, but brother, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened? What have you guys I mean, been we, eating? We, we've nasi been to Goreng every, every single day. Oh, we have two no. nasi gorengs every day. Okay, nasi goreng, mi goreng is fine, but that's not... It's phenomenal. It is, yeah, yeah, Come it's on. great. But there is so much more. So gado gado, it's vegetables, um, lots of different vegetables, and then with an amazing peanut sauce. Oh, uh, no. 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 Okay. We, like, we like oh, peanuts. Jesus. We don't like peanut sauce. Even chicken, chicken satay, right? Oh. Chicken satay has peanut sauce on it. I'm like, we would always say it when the nasi goreng, we order the first thing we say, no chicken satay. Okay, there is no friendship here. That's been episode We like spicy, but chicken satay, peanut sauce on it, it fucks up my nasi goreng totally. Oh, yeah, Jesus, guys. Uh, that's good. So, okay, then gado gado, you don't need to try, obviously. We covered that. You're not going to like it. <laughs> then there is some sort of uh, fish. I cannot... I never know how to say that. Nyat nyat. So I was out with a local friend of mine here and we went to this uh, crazy local Warung. Super small. You have this table, uh, these kind of wooden um, little, I don't know how you say that. These little wooden houses. So you don't have chairs around mm -hmm. and you sit on the floor, but it's elevated a bit. You eat with your fingers. So very, very local experience. And then I had this fish and it's just the way that they cook it and the sauce. So yeah, in contrast to you, I cannot eat spicy, so I'm the I'm on the German uh, side of the spice spectrum, which is <laughs> non-existent. But I think I've done well because that's that's one thing. If you come to Indonesia and you can't really eat spicy, you have to repeat it again and again and again and never forget it because naturally the food comes very spicy. Mm. So that oh uh, yes, I doubt to say not always. Oh, most of the time, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's an interesting experience. I think two months really made me, uh, made like, grew on my tolerance level for spices now. So now I'm, I don't know. She's going to go back to Germany and say, very paras. <laughs> very spicy, please. <laughs> very spicy, please. <laughs> and they still come out no spicy. <laughs> yeah, all we do is salt and pepper. I mean, I don't want to, now it sounds bad. No, we, we have other herbs, but... Um, wow, we're really selling Germany here. Yeah. yeah. I'm the worst. So let's not, let's move away from Germany uh, <laughs> back to, back to Indonesia. Yeah, no, food is great. Um, I love fried banana. Did you find a good coffee in Bali? I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not a big coffee fan. I uh, gave up drinking coffee really a few good, years actually. ago. Yeah. yeah. It was way too much. So I was having eight to 10 cups at work. That's why you look 25, huh? 
<laughs> oh, then I should go back. Shit. <laughs> I think I should cut off coffee too. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So all the coffees that I had here were uh, mediocre. These are these guys actually find a good coffee and oh. didn't bring me there. Yeah, Jay, that we climbed the mountain with. Ah. We went off for sunrise to Uluwatu, and we stopped for food at the side of the road, and literally. It was probably better than the coffee I would find back home. Thank Again, you. it's like a little place at the side of the road. The food is phenomenal, but like it's on a main street where no tourists are going. But it's set up like a really nice sort of Western style restaurant. But the coffee was it was the best I've got so far. I wouldn't wow. be a big advocate of the Bali coffee. Have you guys tried the the animal coffee, the Lua? Lua, Lua. Uh, no. Not How was that? Strong. Strong and it's always in your head. You're like, mm, ah, I'm drinking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the yeah. It's the poo gate for me. I couldn't tell me this. There is also a misconception about like a lot of girls here like to eat Western food. They come here and only try Western food. They don't like to eat like local food. Like, is there like really that that much like upset of your stomach or Bali belly you get from only Indonesian food, or it's just like your tolerance? Ah, that's a that's an intimate question. Um, I've <laughs> well, there were many times when I thought it's gonna happen, but it did it. So, uh, so I personally, I never had the the Bali belly. Funnily enough, I didn't know what it. I didn't. I wasn't aware of the expression when I came here, and then I heard a lot of people talking about it, about it, and I was like, "What is that? What's gonna happen to your to your uh, belly here?" But then uh, I got great explanations, so very detailed ones. So now I know. Um, no, I never had it myself, but the food has an impact. And now coming back, I think this is personal conditions as well. So Indonesian food is very, very different uh, to the food that I would eat either in Germany or in Portugal. So just naturally, it has an impact. Plus, for me, not being so so good with spices that... Uh, yeah, definitely has an impact. So yeah, I think you have to be careful. But I ate in the most, yeah, in in these little food trucks, in in the in this in just street food. It's the best. It's first of all the cheapest, which is nice as well. But also so many flavors. It's so nice to um, the experience. For me, it's it's about the experience as well because most of the the locals that um, when you really go out of the city areas and you eat there they don't speak english so it's you talk with your hands and feet and they still are so nice making such a big effort to try to understand you uh so no i i've i find it really interesting when people come here and still specifically in shangu right just go to the hipster cafes and <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a good one, though. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a few good ones. Like, I mean... No, they are amazing. It's just I think it should also be part of your experience uh, to really try the, the local food. And um, yeah, if you get a Bali Belly, it is what it is. So when I did uh, the Rinjani hike, there were two. Uh, yeah, there was a couple in our group and the girl came back from Gili Tea and she had the Bali Belly. So I think that's a very, uh, yeah. Shitty coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> you said shitty coincidence. <laughs> it's shitty everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if you want to climb a mountain, it's uh, it's it's pretty bad. So yeah, be careful, but take the risk. Don't drink the tap water though. Yes. Common sense. Yeah, common sense. Yeah. Same with ice cubes. Yeah. If you yeah, if they're making. I mean, the I ice, think they make ice with the same tap water. You're yeah, you're in trouble. 
The general rule of thumb we follow is if you don't see locals eating there, then you don't eat there. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. If you see the locals, then obviously they know it better than anybody else. Mate, if I see a lot of foreigners, we're not going there. <laughs> totally opposite to that. Depends. If they're cute, we might go in. <laughs> <laughs> Only for girls. <laughs> we're not going to lie. We're, we're, I mean, we're honest. Okay, we're so out of all the places you've been to Bali, you've been to obviously the island of Bali, you've been to Lombok. Do you go to Java? No. No? No. So I think... Indonesia, it's such an interesting um, country because for me, it's it's weird. You, ha- you have a country that is basically containing only out of islands. So I feel if you want to come and cover everything, it takes a long time because you have to take boats or flights. So yeah, I have seen a lot of Bali and uh, the little islands around Bali, then Lombok quite intensively, which I am a huge, huge fan of. And then I did the uh, a boat trip around the Komodo Islands. And that one finished in Flores. So, yeah, that's basically what I've seen. So, yes, still a lot on the list. So, good reasons uh, to come back. We all hike Mount Batur, right? Yeah. What is the big difference to uh, hike Mount Rinjani to Mount Batur? How do you feel hiking it? Yeah, so Mount Batur, in comparison to Rinjani, it's a tiny portion. So, Mount Batur would be 15% of the Rinjani hike. 15? Yeah. So, Mount Batur, it took us three hours to get up to to climb up, yeah. I think, two, yeah. two and a half hours, three yeah. hours. And then you go back down and the rest of the day you you can relax um, or in my case work. Um, but Rinjani, the setup is, is very different. So you camp over there. And so the whole experience, it's not just about the hiking. Everything is extreme. So you sleep in a tent. It's incredibly cold. So that's my tip for everyone. If you do the Rinjani hike, rent a hoodie, rent a jacket, rent a beanie, rent gloves. Really, it's insane how cold it gets. But yeah, so you basically, it's we did the three day, two nights uh, version. So the first day, it's six, seven hours of hiking. It's moderate. It's okay. Then you reach the first camp and you are yeah halfway through or a bit more than halfway through uh, Rinjani itself so the volcano then you get up super, yeah at night basically at 2 and then you do the summit hike and that's basically the batur part so i think you okay. can compare it it's a bit more intense what i wasn't really so i'm not i haven't done treks like that before much um actually not at all so what I wasn't aware of is the volcano sand. So you hike not only on like proper ground, but the sand, right? So you go up, you slide back. And that part is even longer for Rinjani. But you reach the top and it's insane. It's, yeah, you cannot, it's, for me, it was really breathtaking because you're so high up. You are, um, so it's uh, 3,700 meters. So you are way above several levels of clouds. So you see them moving so quick. It's it's beautiful. So you have a lot of other mountains around. There is a lake with the actual volcano. Um, so yeah, it's the views are amazing, but you're already crazy tired when you're up there. Then you have to go all the way back down to the camp. Then you actually go to the lake and you, you swim in the hot springs. So amazing experience. And then you climb another mountain because the second camp is on another mountain. And when you reach that, you see the volcano. So you see where you've been in the morning. And then you see you went all the way down and up again. And that's insane. And for me, if someone would have told me that I can do that in a day, I would definitely tell them no. So yeah, it was it was very, very intense, but worth it. So you got better views than we did in Mount Batur. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that was not a tough one. But uh, yeah, we were very, very lucky with the weather. Actually, the day before it was raining like crazy and we only had beautiful sunshine. So 
Had you a guide playing a guitar on the way up Mount Ranjani, no? No, man. The guide was an interesting one. So, yeah, I think we got incredibly lucky with our Batur guide. So props again. That was an amazing experience. And I think our guide for Ranjani, he really tried his best. But actually, at some point, I asked him, do you actually hate your job? (laughs) And he said, yeah. So... um, I think for sure, because of hiking there all the yeah, time. Yeah, and they do it twice a week. So he's home oh. one day and he's married. He has two kids. He has one. His son is a baby. So I, I think it's an incredibly tough job. So I get it in a way. But uh, yeah, he you could feel it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did it dampen the experience a little bit? A little bit, because we sometimes felt a bit uh, yeah left alone. And on a big hike like that, it's it's tricky. But overall, the experience was great. And then um you when we were camping um they were cooking for us and in the morning super random hiking breakfast we were all a bit surprised but we went into their tent and they were preparing breakfast for the big hike and it was popcorn popcorn holy shit (laughs) they were making it freshly you know so it was funny because you go in there and you see all the corn popping randomly in that tent and you're like what's going on and then (laughs) They hand it to you and it's the breakfast. So. Oh, I would be so fucking pissed. I'd be like, you want me to climb a mountain and you feed me fucking popcorn? Nah. At least it was not peanut sauce, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, peanut sauce is better for protein, right? No. I feel like if we didn't have bag of water. Bag of water. Yeah, I feel like if we didn't have him as our tour guide for Mempato, I don't think the experience would have been anywhere near what it was for the fact that it was raining. But I feel like he was... He kept everyone together and he kept everybody going and interested and he's just a ball of energy himself. So That energy is really needed. And like we said in the first episode. Right? Yeah, and it's exactly that. So now for me having the comparison, right? Like with two with two guides. Uh, yeah, it's he really made our day, I think. Uh, because like you said, yeah, our, our view up there was really uh, not so spectacular. <laughs> so the whole experience with him and the guitar and the music and... Uh, yeah, he really encouraged us uh, to really slide down the 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 volcano sand in the end. It was a bit like uh yeah, on skis but with just with your shoes. So that was a great experience as well that I wouldn't have done if he wasn't this this lively. So no, that was for sure great. I wonder would he love his job if he was climbing Mount Ranjani? If Mount Bator, he's climbed it like 1500 times. If it's only 15% of Mount Ranjani, would he still have that type of energy if he was doing that twice a week? Yeah, good point. Fair, f- fair enough, that's true. Probably not singing the, nah. throughout three days. I don't need to be carrying <laughs> that timber up. <laughs> Where would you say your highlight in Bali has been? Or, sorry, in Indonesia has been? I was thinking about that and I cannot say it because I feel the areas, even within Bali, the areas are so different. I will still forever love Ubud so much because, yeah, I'm, I think... It's so funny because uh, there are all these memes with what Bali type are you? And I'm definitely the the Ubud type. So oh, fill us in. What are these memes? Ubud, you have all these uh, wannabe yogis, meditation people that are trying to find themselves and personal development and all of that. Then I think in uh, Shanghai you have all the influencer chicks and um, <laughs> influencer chicks. <laughs> It is true. Though. That's actually true. I'm not even saying it no. is true. I have been um, in the restaurant Penny Lane. I think you guys have also been, right? Yep. Penny Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, yeah. I was sitting there um, and then there were three girls walking in and it's this beautiful decorated restaurant. So it's, it's I kind of recommend it just for the looks. But they came in 
took their Instagram story, didn't buy anything, didn't sit down, nothing, and left. And I really felt like, ah, so that's what uh, Shanghu is about. Yeah. I don't want to mock it. I like now um, that I'm also working from here, the setup is great. So for all the digital nomads, I understand it a bit. But I think, yeah, going back to the memes, so you have uh, the the influencer and the little bit of, yeah, I don't the know. The content it's, makers. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a show <laughs> in, in Shanghu. I love Ubud. In, in Bali, I really liked it. I absolutely loved Ahmet. So that just for like visiting and uh, I really liked the snorkeling there and um, yeah, watching the sunsets. It's it's very quiet, but it's it's really nice. I was a big fan of the beaches in Uluwatu. So I think that is a very great area as well. For me, it's not so much uh, Shanggu. It's not so much Seminyak and Kuta. And then I absolutely loved Nusa Penida. A lot of stairs, a lot of... Uh, climbing down the beaches, climbing up again, but beautiful. But I was also a big fan of Lombok, to be honest. And I, I'm very, very happy. And that's another recommendation for travelers that come to Indonesia right now. Travel around Lombok because right now it's it's really not so much uh, touristy. So you don't find... I was with a friend. We were renting a scooter and just driving around and we, we were the only tourists. We haven't seen any other white people. It's beautiful you find the most incredible beaches with literally no setup so you're the you're gonna be the only person there great mountain so it's basically bali minus the minus everyone <laughs> and i think it's really gonna change in the next few years it's gonna be it's gonna be very busy so yeah take if you like it more quiet and and scenic then you should go now what is like you said ubud is like your main thing like what you said um because of your age and all that like <laughs> it made you go into that but like is it like a calm or is it like any different than Changu? like i mean there is not a lot of partying i think it again depends on the person who you are and what you want to find so yeah there is not there, there is a little bit of a party scene but it's more bars live music it's not so much clubs the the main city center itself is is very busy um a lot of people a lot of taxis it's Insane. I think that's one thing for Ubud. You can sit on a Gojek and there are still locals and they ask you, oh, taxi, taxi. And I feel like maybe not right now, maybe tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but no, apart from that, you have a really a very big yoga scene. So um, for me, that was just great because you have people from all over the world, teachers coming there, different, different practices. So I tried all kinds of, of yoga and meditation and it's... Um, it's it's very picturesque with all the rice fields. It's so green. I'm very much a beach person. I never knew that I can be so fascinated by the rice fields and the palm trees and all, and all of these. Yeah, Ubud, Ubud it is. <laughs> because uh, I seen a video yesterday, like like somebody posted a meme like New York. You think New York has the craziest people in the world? And he goes on to Ubud. There is a guy sitting there and doing yoga. I'm like, felt like it is a crazy guy. Yeah. So did you see any crazy people in Ubud? I have, I have. Um, and I'm very, I often live in my own bubble. So I don't notice a lot of things around me. So actually I was in Ubud with a friend and he is way more of a uh, Shanghu person. And he came to Ubud and he was very, um, I think, hesitant and had a lot of all these cliches in his mind and then he said like yeah okay I want to tap into spirituality but I'm I don't know everyone in Ubud is drugged up and whatever anyway so we went to a restaurant and it was of course a vegan place healthy food all of that we entered that place and I had dinner there before 
So for me, it was normal. I walked in, you have to uh, take off your shoes outside, you go inside, you sit on the floor again. And then he was like, wow, Kim, I really feel that a lot of people are on drugs. Look at look at that and then there was two people basically lying down and they were knocked out of this world i would have honestly never noticed if he wouldn't have pointed out so for me it took someone else that was very aware of all of the cliches to point it out to me for me to notice um but yeah i guess i guess it's it is different and you can find these people and what you just described with uh making crazy noises and just laughing put your tongue out I was in a lot of yoga and meditation sessions at the yoga barn and I really felt like, oh my God, if someone was filming you right now and would have showed that to you like two years ago, I would have, I don't know, not believed that I would do that. But it's it's great experiences. Yeah, I feel sometimes there's a lot of bullshitters. I think it is true, but you see like a lot of people come here and you're like, oh, I'm trying this new and like, oh, I'm a spiritual guru or I'm like a motivational coach. How many people has to be motivated all this world? Yeah, I feel it's like everybody latches on. It's like, oh, let's do this form of yoga. Like back home, you can do beer yoga now. Like work be- beer, beer yoga, beer like yoga. drinking beer all the time. Yeah. There's another place in the world. I'm not entirely sure where it is. I would have to Google it. But you can do it with goats. And there's like goats in the yoga place. And it's like everybody just sees, oh, there's money in this. Let's latch on to this. And it's yeah. like, I'm now a motivational speaker. And follow your dreams. Do what you want to do. And it's like, fuck off. I think it's true. Like they're, what they're trying to do is like they take yoga or they take anything in the world. Like, oh, I have a glass of water now. How do I make this unique and sell it to other people? So I think that is what everybody is trying to do. I think most of the people come to Bali is trying to figure out themselves maybe. But like, unlike you, no. <laughs> no, it's definitely, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also on that spectrum. No, I agree. It's uh, whenever you can monetize uh, something, people, people are very happy to do it, right? Um, and no, you, I, I 100% agree. There is, uh, I'm in all of these Facebook groups, uh, digital nomads uh, in Bali and stuff. And there are a lot of people that promote themselves exactly like you just said, um, energy healing and God knows what. It's the spectrum is is really big. Yeah, so I yeah. think if you are interested in in spirituality and these topics, um, you have to again you. Everything is coming back to common sense today, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, it is use, always common use sense. Your, use your judgment in what you pick and what you believe in. And then, but I would also still, I think you can also meet very genuine people around there. And um, it's great experiences. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's just throw yourself in the deep end. You're talking to people and, hey, did you do any of this yoga? Did you do any of this? Like, for example, you've done the breath work. That. Yeah. Was a total of five of us have done it now. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I have my opinion, TJ is his opinion. And I don't know, did you enjoy it? Or would you have done it maybe if we hadn't said like, oh, this is fun. This is good. It's a good experience. No, I was very glad actually uh, that you recommended it. I've done something similar before. So yeah, this this kind of, basically what you do is breathing, right? We do that every day. And I've done a meditation that was um, exactly around that. And I loved it. So when you recommended it, I was like, no, I'm totally up for it. So I went, whether I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. But I think for me, it was very, very, very intense. So um, the just lying there and breathing and dealing with everything coming up. For me, that was a lot. And I had a lot of physical reactions. So um, I enjoyed it. I would for sure do it again. And I think it's something that works very well for me because apparently there is a lot that has to come up. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, if anybody does want to listen to the background story of our yoga teacher, that's the interview with Kemi on episode five. Yeah, so 
I mean, it's all different experiences, but I suppose it's that little bit of reassurance if you do think something is a little bit airy-fairy or stupid and your common sense is saying, no, don't go for that. I mean, if you know somebody and they've done it before and they're going to give you an honest opinion, I mean, it's always easier to go off that. Well, for me, anyway. I want to know, like, for the listeners, um, as a solo travel, female solo travel, what can you give advice? Um, so the first one would be really try it all. So we all come in with our comfort zone, right? And what are the things we usually go for and what are the things that come easy to us? So I, I think if you if you solo travel, um, traveling it in itself, you you should be really open to, to embrace every kind of experience that is coming to you. So whenever you have a chance to, I don't know, try a new language, try to sit with people that are totally not your age, so maybe older, younger, that are from a very, very different country, different background. So embrace all the experience that you that you can and just be open, go with the flow, see how it goes. And if you find something that's not for you, then that's totally fine. Then that's also great. But I think being really open for everything that can happen, uh, that's a great one. Don't plan too much in advance. So go see, check the areas that you like. Um, even though now Bali became more and more busy, it's still super easy to book accommodation last minute. So um, don't plan too much upfront. Um, try the local food. <laughs> so to everyone yeah. only going to Changu cafes, try try local food. Um, yeah, I think it's what you guys are going to do trying to learn the language. I think that's a nice one. So if if it's just a few words, learning how to say hello, how to say thank you, I think that's a great one because the appreciation for that is so high. Wave at the little kids here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the right, yeah. I love the kids here. They are so open. So cute. Um so curious. Yeah, lock your doors. Don't walk around in in super dark streets at night. Normal, <laughs> normal things. Yeah, like you said, common sense, huh? Yeah. I it's think really that'll be the title that. of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, uh, as a guy perspective, or like we've been traveling so much. Uh, we've been driving, like doing a lot of road trips. I think just even for us, need need some common sense to doing things. I love podcasts. Um, so I think it's great what you guys do. I feel very, very happy to uh, be in here uh, if you decide to actually publish this episode. Yep. So uh, when I, yeah, I, I mentioned it. When I saw you first, I wasn't quite sure what these three guys are up to and how it's, uh, it's going to be, but it was nice meeting you. And um yeah, it's an honor to be on this on this podcast. What did you think first? Decades. <laughs> yeah, it was in the middle of the night. Three guys, uh, interesting looking, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eating Oreos. And then you use your common sense. We're like, these are decent guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're quick to judge. Yeah? <laughs> Don't quick to judge. Okay, that yeah. that is the main thing That's uh, when you're one. traveling. Yeah, exactly. Don't never quick to judge. Take your time. Understand them. Know them. Give everyone yeah, a chance. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there, brother. Okay, Scooby Gang, Scooby Gang, thank you very much. On behalf of uh, myself, TJ, and Big Poppy in Vietnam, Kim, we would like to thank you and wish you a safe onward trip to Portugal. And it's not goodbye. We'll see you soon. Perfect. See you later, guys. That's it, boys and girls. Thank you very much. Catch you next week. Booyakashi. Kashi.